The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by PlayStation View, a new live TV service available through your PlayStation console. No annual contracts and no surprise fees. Better TV has arrived. Game the system. Beyond! Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Stop it. You good? We did. We beyond. Did. Stopped right. it. Cool. So I, look, I haven't done this in a while. Beyond. Beyond. Shut up. Sorry, I'm back. Thank you. Hi. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Podcast Beyond. This is episode 437. My, that's so many episodes. I'm Max Scoville. Joining me, Alana Pierce. Hey, what's up? Brian Altano. What's up? And uh, Mar- Marty... Sleva? Yeah, you got it right. Martin. Yeah. 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 Damn, Gina. We did. Oh, dang. Yeah. Remember uh, Gina? What's going on? Uh, not too much, man. I had a real good week. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. I don't yeah. know what day of the week it is. All right. All right. Yeah. So we're off to a good start. A lot yeah. of hot new PlayStation news to talk about. There's no shortage nudes? of news. New what? Nudes? No. Yeah, PlayStation nudes. PlayStation nudes? Yeah, they yeah. show what it looked like when the controller isn't wearing any clothes. Clothing? It looks normal. Mm-hmm. They don't make clothes for that. There's those skins and decals, but that's about it. Sackboy unzipped. Skin is just clothes of the flesh. I don't like that at all. So we're in that weird part of the year that's kind of like coming up on E3, where we're starting to get little glimmers of leaks of things that might be getting announced. The secrets. Mm -hmm. The the sneaky leaks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm calling that. The E3 crits. Um, Don't call them that either. I can't, I can't call them that? All this is terrible. Okay, fine. Okay, the latest we've heard is that the next Call of Duty is going to be in the very far future. Uh, this comes from a reputable, proven industry insider on NeoGAF named Shinobi602, uh, who says that the new game's future setting makes Black Ops 3 feel like the Stone Age, and asked if he meant the game would be in the style of Battlefield 2142. He said, very far future. Space combat. Full-on sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Battle again Star is... Galactica. uh mm-hmm. Probably, well, I feel like it's going to be even, it's going to be grittier. Paddlestar, Firefly, like Star Wars. Like, it's sort of interesting to think that, you know, uh, EA has Battlefront now in their sort of disposal as a cool sci-fi shooter. And is this Activision's version of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and Shinobi, uh, I mean, it is, it's silly to be like proven insider on NeoGAF, but uh, Shinobi is someone who's been around for years and who does have contacts in the industry. And I've, I follow him on Twitter because he, a lot of times he'll 
Yeah, cool little tidbits. I mean, I think they've been heading in that direction anyway, so this wouldn't surprise me at all. But it's also like maybe it actually is because of Star Wars. Star Wars is becoming popular all sure. over again. Yeah. Well, there's maybe Star Wars, there's Destiny, there's Mass Effect. There's like True. there's a lot of kind of sci-fi stuff. That, Titanfall. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I feel is, like here you go. Oh no, this is interesting because this is uh, so this year is. I mean, assuming it's Infinity Wars uh, year for a game, which their last game was Ghost, which was not very good, but that was sort of their almost like their team's first game because okay. everyone left after Modern Warfare th- after the right. whole respawn debacle, yeah. and yeah. so the team that sort of made Modern Warfare what it was wasn't really the team that made Ghost. Worth mm-hmm. noting that had space combat too, but it was like yeah, shooting a gun. In on a space, space shuttle, shuttle. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't really um, like, very all literal. All I really want is like a Gundam fight in space. That sounds amazing. You know, that's all yeah. I really want. Yeah. They were they heading like, towards a lot of the space. sort of like um, amputee robotic uh, cyborg stuff in the last few games. I There's think, been yeah. a lot of yeah. big notes on that. Yeah. It's weird. We brought up Star Wars. I feel like Star Wars is actually more grounded, or Battlefront specifically, based on the original trilogy, obviously, is more grounded in sort of the older Call of Duty style than it is any sort of futuristic space combat. Because yeah. uh-huh. there's not a lot of like wall running. I mean, you get jetpacks and stuff like that. But it's mostly just guns and grenades and you know and laser cannons and stuff like that. kind of funny to think that the guns in Battlefront which are actually based on World War II weaponry, mm-hmm. are more realistic than Call of Duty guns at this point. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, if you're going to have, like, weird sonic pulse shotgun rifles or whatever... I was actually just watching the uh, <laughs> the documentaries that come with the original trilogy that they put out through Amazon, and they just talk about how they made Han Solo's gun, and it's modified versions of, of actual real-world guns yeah, and stuff a, like that. it's a broom-handle mouser. Like, yeah. Stuff like Star Wars and, and Firefly is, like, not futuristic in in tech? Yeah. I was just about to say, it's not really future tech. It's not jetpacks no. and wall running. and I mean, they're jetpacks and well, it's, wall it's, running, I guess, both of those. It's, it's sort of paleo-futuristic at this point, yeah. you know, especially because the new Star Wars movies are still sort of based on the vision of a weird alt- side future from the 70s. Well, and it's yeah. also it's a, a Western and a samurai movie, yeah, mm-hmm. which is sort of what also Firefly is, yeah. which I think Wizard of that Oz could be super cool if yeah. they take sort of a Western or even a World See, War II mentality. It's, put it in space. it's rare to yeah. hear me say this, but we already have Destiny. We already mm-hmm. have Battlefront. Like we've got stuff that is that kind of like, like not not crunchy hard sci-fi. You know, like it's very much like kind of like it's it's whimsical. Uh, I would be really down to see this being like, hey, like what do futurists actually think that space combat would be like? What are these right. like space colonies? Like like you know Robert Heinlein type stuff or just like Mass Effect with yeah. Bad I would combat. like to see Mass Effect with like a like Mass Effect, but with a, a harder world to live in. Yeah, like that's yeah, what sucks right. about Mass Effect. It is it's sort of yeah, they're like yeah, just hop in the hop in the old uh, the, those space tunnels and just uh, zap like the, around. The challenges in Mass Effect are to do with planned combat and never to do with actual survival mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any anyone not recognizing you. Yeah. It's just because everyone wants to shoot you, so it's not like a real this this feels like challenge. it's it's going to be like way more sort of technologically mechanically proficient than anything we've ever seen from this franchise before i'm kind of hoping that it gives them a a good excuse to just go hard and strange with the art direction mm-hmm. the one thing about call of duty games is that no matter what's happened with them they are almost immediately always recognizable as yeah. call of duty games which so, is why i haven't played one since four right mm-hmm. because you just feel like you have yes. right the, the, the i last... have no desire to because everything that i've ever seen marketed has been like well i feel like i've already experienced that so yep. you missed out yep. on cool zombie stuff yeah, I've heard the zombie that, modes yes. are really cool. So the actually, that, that's I like that a lot. Where that was for the first time ever, you were like Max and I did some let's plays on that, and we were like, 
we're playing a Call of Duty game right now. Like, it doesn't feel Gold like Boom's that. a weird magician. Yeah, there's like it looks like Bioshock powers. Yeah. So if they can make this so I can walk by somebody playing this game and I'm like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Call of Duty. And I instead of me going, oh, is that the new Call of Duty? I mean, then I think it'll be immediately a, a, a far bigger success, at least artistically, than any of them so have think in, about in years. The differences in, between the Wolfenstein games. Yes. Like totally. those games all look completely different to mm-hmm. one another. They're like not immediately recognizable as Wolfenstein unless you see Nazis, basically. Yeah, they also take a very long time in between Wolfenstein as, games. As much yeah. as I'd like to say right. it, Call of Duty is, I mean, Activision makes safe games. Like, mm-hmm. they make, when they have something set up that could be, like, the next big crazy thing, they're not rich because they take crazy big risks like that. Yeah. Like, Call of Duty is a very iterative franchise. They've got some kind of probably massive Bible-style guide in terms of what works and what doesn't, and mm-hmm. it's backed up by probably a lot of market research data focus group I mean, QA testing stuff and yep. every single year they sell on the top like yeah. they're always no completely well, if you look year. at like the 80s and 90s for video games we were obsessed with things like ninjas and robots right like cyborgs were in everything and games didn't look great back then I mean you had to make them 2D or barely Jeff 3D Gemini? Yeah, it's a good game. It's a good game, for sure. Um, That's actually a really good example of something that's like so definitively sci-fi. Super sci-fi. Even like some of the levels were ships. Yeah, it was just so sci-fi. That's what I'm thinking about. Like visually, sort of looking around. It was really good. Like looking around a room and just being like, I don't recognize anything here. Mm -hmm. Like everything here architecturally is completely different. Mm -hmm. But we've spent the last sort of ten years uh, trying to build stuff that looks more tangible in games, and we've been obsessed with zombies, which is basically just like the opposite of of robots. Yeah, well, it's it's like it's sort of the opposite of designing a, a cyborg or a robot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so we got robot games back when we didn't have good graphics, and now we have amazing graphics, and we're doing games about zombies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if these guys, who generally always make really good-looking games, can knock it out the park and just make something that is so like in- insanely hard mm-hmm. sci-fi, uh, I'm totally down with that. I also it's- think that would be the thing that would. I would play it again. Yeah, like, yeah, I would yeah. maybe go back to Call of Duty and if it was really hot. So mm-hmm. we've mentioned this briefly uh, before, but maybe the most exciting thing about it is that two years ago, uh, two Naughty Dog leads joined Infinity Ward. And so this game's uh, director is David, or Jacob Minkoff, who is a game director at uh, Naughty Dog, and also uh, Taylor Kurosaki, who is a narrative lead at Naughty Dog. Wow. And so you have folks who worked on Uncharted and The Last of Us who are now working on this game like wow. high level folks who yeah. actually had influence really cool. on those games yeah. so now here's a weird thing we also heard about rumors that possibly the next battlefield is going to be World War 1 mm-hmm. and it's going to be like trench warfare which is about as far in the opposite direction short of like you know medieval combat or civil war stuff that you can get from futuristic technology yeah I oddly enough I've never really cared much about World War II, World War 1 stuff I, that sounds way more interesting to me than space stuff at this point it's a weird year for first person games if we get that the new Call of Duty Future Robot War and Far Cry Primal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what a strange spectrum. Well, like, this is a kind of cool time. Maybe Titanfall 2. Yeah. But also, yeah. why? Yeah. What happened to cause this? Like, they're all still selling very well. Do they, um, they don't need to change. You're right. Like, that's the weird, interesting thing. Yeah. There's, there's no perceived fatigue. I think that... Um, I think the last what was the was it the last Call of Duty game that was not... I mean, it was. it's weird because when we see something like a big... This is a financial success, right? Uh... It's still sort of underperformed, I believe. In Black some ways, three compared yeah. to Black Ops Two, and Black yeah. Ops Two is the highest. It's sort of like when you looked at like the stories about Batman vs Superman over the weekend. It was like, oh, record breaking sales, and but then record breaking drop off. Like you look at those numbers, and you're like, oh, well, this still made six hundred billion dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. but it needed to make eight hundred mm-hmm. because that was just what like, production costs. Everything ramp up with all that. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Um, 
and I do think there is a sort of perceived fatigue to an extent with this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. I, at least in this room alone. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I think it's interesting that if this is, if this rumor is true and if the Battlefield rumor is true and both come out within three weeks of each other in October and November, yep. as they generally tend to do, I like the idea that both of them are very different from each other. Yeah. yeah. The, like, seeing stuff that just has a different feel to it totally. is really cool. I'm kind of lukewarm about, like I said, about a futuristic space shooter from Activision. We already have Destiny. And it's like obviously different type of gameplay entirely, but like that like that itch has been scratched. I mean, Whereas Destiny had a single player campaign, I probably would have liked it a whole lot and more. And Destiny's not yeah. really Destiny's sort of about superheroes as opposed to yeah. like, what are right. humans doing? Yeah, right I'm just now. saying like, you know, laser, Destiny's laser more guns like alien. And, and weird armor and stuff. There was a year that I went to an EA preview event and it was I think it was twenty twelve or so, but they had on display, they had like Mass Effect uh either three or DLC. They had Army of Two Devil's Cartel, they had uh, Need for Speed, something or other, and then they had like Battlefield Three stuff. That and was that was like, around the time as Fuse. Oh, and Fuse was yeah. there too. And everything looked the same. Oh, and Crisis Three. Yeah, everything was carbon fiber mm. to the point where you could say that this is in the same cinematic Man, universe. I love Crisis. Like 3. the idea that EA's games were all in the same world was like kind of a cool idea. And like yeah. Yeah, Mass Effects in the future, but like everything else is kind of like here's what's happening in you know in Mexico. Here's what's happening in yep. New York. Like, mm. and it also sucked because it all was just like. All of the all, all of the weird ragged edges that might have been interesting in some other universe were just been filed down, and you had this incredibly homogenous offering. And it was yeah. like they've kind of moved away from that lately. Like the fact that they do have like like Battlefronts looking it looks like Star Wars, and you've got um, you know Battlefield is doing World War One, and then you've got Mirror's Edge, and it's Mass Effect is going to a more gritty you know space western style. Yeah. Like yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's why my question is like it's great, but why? Like they don't need to do it, you know. But maybe I like that because I like, I mean, we were talking like about them too. being safe. I just want so to maybe, understand yeah. it. Maybe I mean, I mean, it's a creative. I, mean, I, why? Like, I think creative people want to do something different, and so yeah. if a team gets together and is like, "Hey, we're sort of tired of beating the same drum. Let's, we haven't told a space opera yet. Let's I mean, try to do that." Like if, yeah. if we're in this room tired of like the last four or five Call of Duties, imagine working on them. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like I mean, you got to see that every single day. Like, I think I, those decisions are like usually up to investors. Yeah. Well, there's that. Well, yeah, but I think I think a big thing here is there's a kind of war of escalation that's been happening with Call of Duty over the last few years where it's like one team goes, well, we're going to push this a little bit further into the future and the next team and the next team and all of a sudden yeah. this is, it's completely off the rails in terms of like when they first started getting into guns that are, that are a little outside of the realm of reality, a lot of it was based on weaponry that was in development with the military sure. that wasn't actually tangible Current yet. R&D, but know. they're like, look, Looking at it, and they're like, "Well, this is like we're, we're you know projecting that within ten years we might have these kind of ghillie suits or whatever the hell yeah. it is, ghillie, ghillies." <laughs> and then uh, they started ad- started adopting that, and I think little by little it just started being like, "Well, what about twenty years?" Well, we don't know what they're making in twenty years, so let's just guess, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it's all interesting to talk about. One thing I, I don't ever want to like play apologist to massive corporations, but the reality is it does take a certain amount of time for things to go into effect, mm-hmm. and the fact that like EA got voted. You know, worst company in America two years in a row over damning a Mass Effect or whatever and other stuff. Uh, and then we're kind of seeing like, you know, a couple years later, suddenly they're like, Good hey, guy, yeah. here's Yarny. Yep. Here's like bad. And, you know, people still get mad at them. Some people mm-hmm. just want to hate them. But uh, I mean, they same- make really good games. Yeah, they they do. They they sell. Yeah, they, but people, Comcast really sucks. Yeah. But the end of Mass Effect Three, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, then then you look at like Ubisoft, and there was that whole debacle about like, oh, it's too hard to animate a lady character. Yeah. And then a year later, they're like, here's a lady character you can play as, and it's like they, they're they're trying, but these are like thousand person projects. Yeah. Like, yeah, and a lot of them are disconnected and can't coordinate. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like living in completely different cities. I mean, to countries. say it's like steering a giant cruise ship is. 
it's probably easier to steer a giant cruise ship with a thousand people on it than it is to coordinate when there's four different studios working on the same project yeah, from you're right. a so, world apart. So my main question is, how does this uh, fold into the announced Call of Duty Cinematic Universe? Because they are coming out with movies. Who cares? It's <laughs> <laughs> like you really, you really care about that. All right. No, I yeah, don't. They have a cinematic <laughs> Call of Duty universe, whatever. It's it's called action movies. Yep. And there are a lot of them out there. And they're not based on anything that you can do running and jumping in. Just, Go watch Hardcore Henry and see if you uh, can stop throwing up on the person. Go watch front of Elysium. It's what Advanced Warfare was basically. Are we talking about this two weeks in a row? What? I don't want to talk about that man's movies, and I'm not going to talk about Chappie again. What, Chappie? We're, We're not talking about Chappie again. Are we talking about Chappie? Yeah, last week Chappie. we talked about no one loves Chappie. Song? Chappie's great. Chappie's not great. I love Chappie Chappies. is a dumb movie about hey, 30 it's men. it's me, Chappie. <laughs> Titular Hero Chappie is back. It's me, Chappie. I love Chappie. He's great. He's a robot. Chappie's, is Chappie's, that Chappie's the My robot. Because I'm um, Chappie. <laughs> hey! Chappie. Okay, so shifting gears from one multi-billion dollar franchise to another, there are murmurs about the, the game Grand Theft Auto 6. I can't believe that you didn't just use the fact that I made a GTA 4 reference <laughs> as a segue. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is better. Grand Theft Auto 6. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying all that. GTA 6. GTA number 6. Okay, yep. there we go. We said it enough. Uh, yeah, people always kind of lose their lose their mind when there's murmurs about a new GTA game. Uh, if this is going to be a thing we see anytime in the immediate near future, that would be really cool. But yeah. uh, what, what I mean, would this, that be? This is a story that, that got pretty big on IGN, but it's just Tech Radar reporting that sources say that uh, Rockstar is currently in development on GTA 6, which yeah, they are. Yeah. Like, I don't, yes, Definitely. they are. Yes. They made the, can be- confirm. the yeah. best-selling game ever. I can uh, confirm I'm probably going to follow that, that up. A year before GTA 5 came out, Rockstar was in development on GTA I did 6. A, Andrew Goldfarb and I did a studio visit with Rockstar in New York City last fall for com- during Comic-Con, and we were like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to get to check out everything. We walked into the lobby, and they were just like, hey, um, we can't let you go down any of these hallways. So just go right in here and good to go. And I, we were sitting there being like, huh, well, if they were working on just more multiplayer stuff, like I, I, I doubt they'd be like keeping new multiplayer skins from us or anything like that. Like, there's got to be something big going on Why here. do you guys have a, a live horse that you're mocapping? <laughs> <laughs> what are all these revolvers on the ground? <laughs> I mean, Rockstar I, are really secretive about everything. Yes, yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I will mention 80 men dressed as cowboys walk by. We don't know. It was cow, Cowboys Jewel Friday. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was really good. That was incredible, actually. That was very good. That was um, a stupid joke. The uh, same I report also said that back in uh, 2002, so sort of in between GTA 3 and Vice <laughs> City that they did a scouting report in Tokyo. Yep. Mm. I've um, heard this too. Yeah. yeah. This has been a weird, like, kind of interesting st- secret we've heard kicked around for a few years now. Um, and I think a lot of us have kind of kept this close to our chest because uh, we're scared of Rockstar. I, I am kind of scared. They're, they yeah, make wonderful I'm, games. I'm, you guys are awesome. I'm a little worried. I don't want to get hurt. Not scared. You're not scared? No, really? I don't. What do you, you do to me? Well, you don't value your own I mean, life. You get, you get <laughs> That's true. Beat up. If you did, you wouldn't drink so much. What do you throw? <laughs> they could uh, put some... This some is an intervention. What do you take from the man who has nothing to lose? We're not recording. This is an intervention, Lonnie. You need to oh, stop the camera's not even on. No, so they said that basically the layout of the city is what made it impossible. And I think that's like a very interesting thing. And I think we've talked about it on the show before. But a lot of people are always like, make, make a video game in my city. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, we'd love to, but... Your city isn't designed to be a good video game. Mm-hmm. Like most your cities are, apparently yeah. LA is. <clears throat> most yes. cities are poorly designed. Yeah. Like, most cities are... like. I live in the East Bay, and it's like, this is a place that used to be a bunch of warehouses and, and factories, factories and stuff. Yeah. And then they're like, let's put a mall here and then some houses. And there's like these nonsense turnaround overpasses that are just incredibly tedious. Yeah. And like, like satellite GPS can't even make sense of them. So mm-hmm. like, 
if you were to drop that into a game and be like, yeah, here's a fun place to drive around, you'd be like, what? who designed this? Yeah. Like, Overpasses this is, this are not fun in games. Bad level design. <laughs> you know? yeah. They're not. I remember, I remember like interviewing people about open world games and being like, is this based on anything? Is this like a based on a real city? And they're mostly like, nah, man, that's you're missing the point. Like, mm-hmm. a functional city and a fun video game are entirely different concepts. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, I think it's just kind of, it's probably kind of boring. Like, if, if, Driving a real city was enjoyable. Then we would have a Google Maps game by now. Well, they like made they're... they made True Crime Streets of New York, which was like a the closest we got to like a New York City Google Maps game for a very long time. Uh, outside of Destiny, which is or not Destiny, uh, the Division, which is basically just a compartmentalized version of <laughs> twenty Didn't twenty. Didn't Midtown Madness have a New York bit? Yeah, was it was it block for block though? Like, I think it was kind of close. I know they captured the Midtown, but I don't I don't feel like the madness was. The entirely nailed. <laughs> I heard uh, uh, Streets, of, Streets of Rage was uh, Streets an accurate, of Rage. Yeah, it was an accurate uh, New York, but it was just only a few streets. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. New York had a, a huge kangaroo problem. <laughs> they, they picked like the, the seven angriest streets, and then they kind of like added yep. some yep. Uh, chickens and garbage cans and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember playing this game and driving by my old apartment and being like, "Oh, this is cool," but. Uh, this the way the city is gridded out. Like it's not fun to drive in because it's just you're driving on a grid. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. not interesting after a while. Same thing in San Francisco. Like San Francisco is a sort of interesting drive because you can't make turns on certain streets and you have to go up hills and other stuff like that. But in a video game, it's just like, well, you're not going to tell me I can't drive here. Like uh, uh, I'm going to take that corner anyway. I'm going to take that corner anyway because mm-hmm. otherwise you're getting yeah. pulled over constantly. Like you can't. Most cars can't drive on Market Street, which is our Broadway in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Only like. Uh, Taxis and buses can. Wait, then, really? Yeah. I would say yeah, that... Yeah, if you uh, driven on... Mar- well, it's a certain stretch of Market Street. Yeah, wow. it's, it's something they did yeah. in like the last six months or something huh. like that. Driving yeah. in San Francisco, I would say, has more in common with uh, the hacking in Bioshock than it does with like driver San Francisco. Totally. Yeah. Like, it's like connecting a bunch snakes. Of, yeah, it's just yeah. a bunch of yeah. weird oh, workaround snakes. stuff. Chase yeah. the Witness? Yeah. Jason Snakes, the Witness game. Um, about turning on TVs so at Best Buy. <laughs> what I heard about this when I, when I heard this rumor a few years ago was that it wasn't so much the physical layout of the ge- geography of Tokyo that was difficult. It was the fact that the Hauser brothers couldn't like they couldn't feel like they really understood Tokyo. Yeah. Mm. Like it was just as far as having like kind of a, a culture to it, it was it was too alien. And they didn't want to make some kind of like game that was just disingenuous. Yeah. And like yeah. they wanted to really get something that, that kind of that they understood. Yeah. You know, which and I like, think if you look at the cities back that they've to done. LA. Yeah. <laughs> you look at the cities they've done, I mean they've they've done New York, they've done LA, they've done like fake Miami, they've done uh they did did they did London, Vegas, right? Fake, they've like, done fake Vegas and fake San Francisco yeah, in, in yeah. GTA three. Oh, that's right. San Andreas. That's right. That's right. Yeah. They did and London. They yeah. did London, and it was t- but it was top down, right? Yeah, that was yeah, yeah that, that was, was like the, the old one. London yeah. between one and two or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like doing it in that way, or Chinatown Wars, which is another one, which is just sort of like, well, no one's really checking if this is accurate because it's top down and, car- and kind of cartoony. Uh, yeah, I think that's like it's interesting because Tokyo is so. It's it's so varied in the way it presents itself. Like there's a, a shrine in the middle of a major city, and you turn the corner, and there's a forest, and then there's just like mm. a weird downtown area packed with people. Like it doesn't really have a, a a beat or a tone or a vibe that's definitive through one area. Like New York definitely does. I mean, GTA has always been kind of sectioned off. Yeah, they've always like I mean, the games used to literally section off islands and lock them off from you, but now <laughs> it's like you'll have a mission that all circle around the same area, and then it expands outward. So it's mm-hmm. like. They really focus on that as well, yep. and getting yep. you used to a certain area. So if there's too much variety in one place, like potentially Tokyo has, I can imagine it would be really hard for them to figure mm-hmm. out where to start yeah, and, and where to move on. And there's always that uh, sort of constant struggle between scope and depth. 
Like, mm-hmm. do you yeah. want to make something big or do you want to make something very deep? Yeah. And I feel like GTA Five hit a really good balance with that. Yeah. Whereas, like, people are like, I want all of America. And I'm like, that's not going to be very interesting. Like, yeah. the crew did all of America. That wasn't very interesting. It was mm-hmm. kind of cool to be like, oh, I could drive all the way across America and hit 30 facsimiles of things. Yep. But, like, none of them were as deep as a city in GTA tends mm-hmm. to be. So I feel like if they do something like Europe or do something like Southeast Asia, then they would pick a couple small pockets and sort of dig very deep into them and then just make you know fake ass paths between them you know this yeah, is a, I like that a lot kind of a divisive thing I have no interest in a GTA set in another country like I think that it is a fundamentally American series I mean it's made by made by Brits, Brits. and Scots but like it it's about cars and crime I mean it's very culturally American yeah. yeah America is a country that was founded on automobiles and handguns and mm-hmm. that's like the fundamental and burgers kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm President Whitey McCornbread <laughs> And hamburgers. Oh, uh, but no, like, it's it, the whole American dream of, like, yeah, you're going to get out there and make something. It's all kind of rooted in, like, Scarface. It's right. it's that sort of, hey, how do you, you know, build up your and, empire? And GTA Five nailed that with their sort of trio protagonists sort of attempting that American dream in different ways. And one of them was uh, horrible corrupt but lapsed and became a family man and it worked out for him. And one of them was, like, up and coming and he meant well and he was, like, grinding through a, a system of basically working bad jobs. And one of them was a chaotic, corrupt, drug addicted mm-hmm. maniac and I think that totally nails A um, everyone running for president right now and B just what it's like to grow up in this country and like you know there's that there's that I was watching Better Call Saul the other night and they were like this this scumbag comes into a, the uh, the shop that, that Saul Goodman was working at when he was a little kid and the guy's like you either you know in America you either become a sheep or you become a wolf mm-hmm. and that's that's sort of like the way that goes like it's like live or die right um, I I don't know if like this sort of like lax European sit down for a coffee espresso and, and people watch in the afternoon like that Parisian dream of, mm-hmm. of living that artistry and stuff like that where it's not like your job isn't who you are your passion is like I don't know if that really works so much about a game about driving cars and shooting people so yeah, yeah but most if you take that direction in any culture you can do that like you, you say that sure. like London like you can make Notting Hill or you can make a Guy Ritchie movie right right like it just depends on how you take it and the same thing with Rome like every city has like a seedy underbelly and every city has a you know banal overtone Rome has a lot of cats that could be interesting be, what is the next GTA with just animals like Tokyo Jungle? Don't like even, Tokyo Jungle. I mean, don't, don't, That'd be incredible. Don't even what if, tease that. What I if so you were, I'm going with an H, a horse? Okay, yeah. Like I'm, you're just walking around as a horse? You're well, trying to steal some It's apples called trotting, and, not walking. Trotting, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, or a canter. That's like jog. Horses still walk. I mean, I was, ho- no, trot. No, I was no, hoping that's... I was hoping you could be a different animal and then the horses would be the cars. <laughs> oh, And hawks like a could be helicopters. <laughs> I mean, they I kind feel of like did that's that in just GTA. Red Dead Redemption again. Yeah, they kind of already did that. It just you had to eat peyote to do it. That's true. So that's true. Also, okay. like, I love that they added that to that game. I cannot mm-hmm. believe they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think we're we're obviously going to see a GTA six at some point, but I hope we see was, original stuff in between that. Five was two yeah. years ago. I'd love to see just some story stuff. I feel like we'll see six at the end of the console life cycle, and it'll yeah. bridge the same way five did, and there'll be yeah. HD remakes on PS five or PS four point five. I uh, I definitely don't think that I like I'm definitely not against having a GTA in a different country, but I can't imagine what it would be like or how it would feel like GTA because I feel like five is like a story about American masculinity basically, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. like changing that, which is what we're used to. Like I've played them since three, and it's just it would feel incredibly different and it wouldn't feel like GTA it would start to feel more like a game like Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, right. I mean I love Sleeping Dogs because in a different like, way. Yeah. 
I mean, but the, the fact that it doesn't have, like, guns and helicopters and stuff, like, it is intentionally kind of more grounded. Or also, you know, a much smaller team working on it. But, like... I still think it's interesting they've never truly done a, like, female protagonist that is actually there the entire game. Like, they've had characters in GTA? in GTA. Again, I think that's because they are stories about masculinity. Yeah. So I don't think they're about... Yeah, you just saying that actually reminded me of that. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I mean, you know, there definitely there's there's a plenty of problematic stuff to pick at in, in GTA, but it's also, I like, I do respect the fact that they're like, let's write what we know. Yeah. Like, we don't understand Tokyo. Like, we're st- like straight white guys. Like, let's talk about that and... I mean, let's interview some Crips if we need insight on what it's like to be a gang member in South Central. I mean, could you imagine if if Trevor was this like like Britney Spears after she shaved her head, beating up the car with the umbrella type female character in, in GTA Five? That would have been great. Yeah, like a Melissa McCarthy movie or something like that. I mean, I'd like to see if, if we do if we do the ne- another one that's like set in Los Santos too and has the same three characters. Yeah. I'd like to see a gay guy, a, a, a crooked cop, mm-hmm. and, and like. A woman doing something. Yeah. Like, I would love it if it was like Lindsay Lohan's character and it was like, this is her and she's like kind of like maybe she's lost her mind. And According to like, Lindsay Lohan, she was already in GTA. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And that lawsuit for drug money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, speaking of drama and gossip in the world of entertainment. That wasn't good. That what was a segue. Ter- <laughs> <laughs> terrible well, segue. Speaking of news. I'm yeah. on another show with a lot of bad segues. <laughs> right. Ryan Seacrest type. <laughs> Uh, so David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake and uh, writer of Watchmen, the film, um, recently opened up about the humiliation of being replaced by Kiefer Sutherland in the latest iterations of Metal Gear Solid. Uh, he did an interview with the Game Informer podcast and spoke a bit. Shout out about- to Game Informer. What's mm-hmm. up, guys? Game Informer. Hello. Hi. Good day. Thank you for informing um, us. <laughs> I want to start a, a magazine called Gum Informer where I just talk about different flavors of gum. That's yeah. going out of the store. There's a blueberry them. magazine. It's a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah we all sell about blueberries. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, um, yearly. <laughs> he said, "I've got no particular love for Hideo Kojima. Uh, I Yikes. don't feel any need to go back and work with him again. Uh, woof. And he's probably not going to play the game. He says that'll be sixty hours of humiliation that I can't get to. Yeah, he um, he talked about having lunch with some key members of of the team working on the game leading up to it, and being like, "So when are you going to call me in for uh, for VO?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, cool." And then. Reach out to them again, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that." Mm. And I think that's like a very so I like I spent a I spent an afternoon with David Hader. He came to IGN. We did an up at noon with him, uh, Greg Miller, and I. We went to Paragon. We got lunch. We got drunk. We drank a bottle of whiskey together. It was fun. Uh, and this was just as the MGS Five stuff started trickling out, and we were trying to figure out if he was being like fake angry or coy. And then the more time I spent with him, the more I realized, like, yeah, he was just straight up cut out of this franchise. Like, there wasn't a romantic way that this happened. Mm. It just happened. They just replaced him. And that happens all the time in Hollywood. It happens all the time with movies and TV shows. Your character gets killed off. You get, you get kicked out. But it rarely happens with somebody who was the, the voice of that franchise for so long. Yeah. You which know? is funny because he mentioned in the same uh, podcast, he mentioned having to audition for Snake Eater. So after you know playing Snake in Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, he had to audition for Naked Snake and Snake Eater. And then uh, when Guns of the Patriots came around, they literally tried to recast him as Kurt Russell. Right. Which was obviously the you know the, the initial inspiration for, of course, for Snake. Of yeah, course, which is pretty funny. And so that's funny. Then I, I imagine they called Kurt Russell and he's like, I don't know. Yeah, which is weird. You read about stuff like that in Hollywood too. Like you'll you'll read a story about how Brad Pitt auditioned for something, yeah. and you're like, why? 
it's Brad Pitt. And they're like, well, we just wanted to try his version of this character in this scenario. But this is a weird one because it's like he was there for so long. And by all means, it, it would make sense to keep him there. And I think, like, I was, I was kind of heartbroken about it. One, for his perspective. But two, from realizing that I think a lot of fans, a lot of fans really got it. But the ones that didn't were just like, oh, I don't care. Anything you put in front of me is fine. I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. And it's also like the last part of it was that after playing Metal Gear Solid Five, I didn't walk away going like, man, Kiefer Sutherland did an awesome job. He barely he, spoke in that game. 90% whoa, of his yeah. lines were talking to his horse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't a dramatic change. But was, I think this line here that says uh, on whether or not he'd play the game, he said yeah. that'll be 60 hours of humiliation that I can't get to. I haven't God. played the latest two iterations because it's just too painful. I imagine that was said like somewhat in jest. Yeah. Like, I read that as him being like, it's just too painful. Yeah, like, I think not, so. not angry. I mean, from, from what I gathered from, from, from working with him that one day, like, I feel like there was, there was definitely some genuine sort of anguish in that. Yeah. Like, I mean, that yeah, sucks. It yeah, sucks. That's, that's his, like, his big, like, claim to fame, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's, a lot of people don't know this, but, like, uh, this, David Hayter's, like, David Hayter's main, main job is not being a voice actor. That's his side. That's yeah, his, he's like, a screenwriter. That's his night gig, you know? Like, he's a yeah. screenwriter. He worked on, he wrote X-Men 2. Didn't he write yeah. a, a documentary about uh, wolves or something? Yeah. 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 Can you write documentaries? I mean, he didn't write it. He, he, like, went and talked about the wolves. He, he, fought, the, he fought the wolves. If you cover yourself in a cardboard box, <laughs> the baby wolf will pee on the side of it, and you'll become friends. <laughs> yeah, so, like, he's a movies guy. He's a Hollywood guy. Like, he, he's, done, he's done screenplays and scripts, and he does, he does cool stuff like that. Like, he's responsible for the best X-Men movie. Yep. The best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked on Watchmen, which is, I don't know, mm-hmm. where do we put that? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. best Zack Snyder comic book movie? It's the best Watchmen movie. That's true. Definitely. No, The Incredibles yeah. is. Oh yeah, oh, damn that's it. right. Yeah, right. busted. <laughs> well, either way, like this is not this is not his. You know, it's 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 this is not a, like a Troy Baker scenario where it's like this is his gig. You know, um, and he does music on the side. This is like David Hayter does movies, mm-hmm. and at night he was Solid Snake and a couple of other roles. It was also like around the same time this was f- falling apart. He was working with, and that's what he was promoting when he came to do our show. Was he was working with Silicon Knights on their new oh, Kickstarter, God, yeah. which never got funded. So he basically shot this video in his house, being like, "Hey, I'm going all in. This is my new voice acting gig." In lieu of basically the other stuff not happening. Yeah. So his voice acting stuff kind of hit a dead end. The Silicon Knights thing never got funded. That, that was studio. The- it was Eternal Darkness thing? Yeah, it was it was their their spiritual successor. Their spiritual successor Kickstarter to Eternal Darkness didn't get nearly enough funding because by the by then Silicon Knights wasn't a household name. Eternal Darkness was pretty much a a off forgotten GameCube yeah. oh, game. That makes that, sense though. He must have yeah. worked with them for Twin Snakes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he he had the connection to Dennis Dyack and the rest of those guys through that. And now all of a sudden, like, that hit a dead end. Metal Gear wasn't happening anymore. And it was like, well, David Hayter, the voice actor, basically doesn't exist in games anymore. Yeah, yeah. and that I sucks. Just, you know, it's where it's, you, you actually you track his his resume and his like his roles that he's had. It's mostly Metal Gear stuff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he was uh, the voice of Captain America in the Spider Man animated series. Mm-hmm. He did a handful of things in like the kind of like early '90s before Metal Gear came along. But like, you know, you look at someone like Troy Baker and Nolan North, and they're in everything. Yeah, they're all over the place. And there are people who are like full time voice actors who have these massive, massive resumes. But like. He's he doesn't really have that. Yeah. You know? Yes. This, all this makes me want is five, ten years from now, like an oral history of Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, that would be oh, fascinating. Like, yeah. Sort um, of the, a, a tell-all of just everyone's take. On, like, yeah. there's that SNL book. 
that's uh, an oral history of 20 years of Saturday Night Live, yeah. which is just incredible. It's just yeah. first-hand accounts. Well, it's like I was saying earlier in the show, like I was, I've been watching all these old Star Wars documentaries that basically there's a, a bunch of people working on those movies who are meeting for the first time. Like this is a prop designer. This is a sound designer. They're talking about their perspective working on that film for the first time. You don't get a lot of that in games because um, studios dissolve and people you know, scamper in different directions. Like we were talking about before, people from Naughty Dog are working on Call of Duty now. Yeah. People from uh, Metroid Prime are working on Halo. Like mm-hmm. people just go everywhere. Uh, it's not like um, like Max and I have a friend, uh, Mike Morona, who's older Pete from Pete and Pete, and he does uh, lighting for TV shows. And he worked on um, Boardwalk Empire. And when Boardwalk Empire ended, his entire team got moved to a new show. I think they're working on vinyl now. And it's like, he's just like, he's worked with the same team group of people, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's that sort of like that. It's, I get, is this like a union thing where yeah, you just yeah, kind of move from thing to thing. Yeah. That doesn't really happen in video games. Uh, but so it's, it's hard to like get every, the, get the gang back together. Like, I don't know what the video game version of, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or, or uh, anybody like that being like, we're getting the cast of, uh, you know, Say by the Bell back together. Ukulele. Yeah, ukulele, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, sort like, of, honestly. What's yeah. the Netflix fuller house of video games where yeah. some, like, some big company goes, let's get everybody back together and we're just going to do an oral history mm-hmm. or we're going to do a sequel or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. ukulele is about as close as yeah. you can get. That's a really yeah. good answer. I mean, it's weird to think about because, like, games take so long to make and they take a lot of people and it's not like the kind of thing where you're necessarily, like... I mean, you're working. You're working fast. You're working on this on this project together. But you look at how fast movies are shot, you yeah. know. And it's like there's pre-production, production, and post-production. Mm-hmm. And those are all kind of done by different types of people. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, a movie shoot will take, you know, like a, f- a few months, maybe. You know, yeah. like depending on where they're what they're up to. But Force, like, Force Awakens finished shooting in like May of last year, and yeah. they just went into post-production on it and just yeah. added all of the space. And so, like, <laughs> people crazy. people get credit working on like you know blowing stuff up yep. and hanging up lights and you know doing makeup in the moment aren't necessarily hanging around the editing room when mm-hmm. things about totally. the ship whereas yeah. with games you get somebody who's there from day one and they're there for years yeah. and then they're there when the game ships and then they hang around afterwards but like movies are, are they're like a, a project like yeah. when that when that project ships when it releases that's kind of it they don't stick around for like you know post production like maybe if you're working at ILM full time or you know WADA or something but like it's an entirely different model. And yeah. I feel like we're, it's easy to forget that. It's, well, also, it, it's in, also weird because it's, it's less – like there are way more names in the credits and people are, I feel, much less prone to read the credits. Yeah, in a game? There's no like IMDb for, sure. for games. Like there's some game stuff on IMDb, but it's like – They got to start putting Samuel L. Jackson eating a, you know, whatever that was yeah. that stupid food. Shawarma. Shawarmas are delicious. They're it is delicious. Well, well, it comes out, has some spaghetti. don't have a lot of them here in San Francisco. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like uh, games are uh, a lot of people kind of working more in synchronicity at the same time. And there's crunch and there's that – sort of like teammanship to that but in movies it's kind of just like oh we shot this we're passing the torch to this guy who's going to edit it we're going to pass the torch to this guy who's going to add space doors and sound effects and stuff like that so i don't know man like it's a weird medium i just i feel like we're we're sort of figuring out how to how to preserve the history of at least playing the games but the history behind the creation of them is i think disappearing and that kind of terrifies me Mm -hmm. like Weird tangent on this whole yeah. David Hayter thing, but yeah, you're right. I would love to. I would love to see a documentary on Metal Gear. That'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Um, here's a nice rumor that I'm excited to hear about. There is are murmurs of a Shadow of Mordor two. Uh, let's see. There was a stunt actress named Lauren Mary Kim, and on her CV, uh, it said that she was working on a sequel to Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. She's an eye stunt profile. Mm-hmm. Oh my. 
Uh, and she was doing mocap work for Shadow Mordor, <laughs> and it was, I guess, in connection with Blur, which are those guys who uh, do the really rad trailers. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Tim Miller, oh, who yeah. directed Deadpool just now, was one of the guys who was. Uh, Oh, really? I think one of the founders of Blur. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. And if you go back and look at they did like every they've done everything. They've done a lot of yeah. Arkham games. And Shadow Mordor came out in 2014? Yeah. Yes. So it was uh, yeah. revealed in November 2013 and it came out September 2014. I which was just is... like I remember being so annoyed that in 2015 we didn't have tons of games with the Nemesis system. I was like please let this be the year that's where every game yeah. has a Nemesis. That's totally right. That's, that's all yet. we said. And it never happened. Well, that's because uh, like that takes a while. Yeah. Like but I it's think so that's a good. thing. I think that's a thing that this fall and next fall. We're I really do you remember it was like the Arkham Combat thing? Yeah, and then every game had the Arkham Combat. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I was I was right there with you because I remember we were playing uh, Shadow Mortar in the office and we're like, this is amazing. Yeah. And this this needs to be put into like a Game Everything. of Thrones game, like, Game of Thrones, a political game. I, I, wanted, that I, wanted, for, I wanted this in, that for Mad Max. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what oh. I was. I wanted this yeah. in a game about a high school about like why didn't they put about that in like Mad groups Max? of like cliques in high school? Yes, yes. Yeah. Like this. bully. Yeah, like bully, but with the nemesis system. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is uh, this is bully. my bully, uh, Stephen Thug Douche. <laughs> yeah, the unclean or but whatever. Seriously, what reason would they have had to not put that in Mad Max? I mean, time. Like, I'm sure that system is relatively complicated. Mad Max is pretty much what pick it up and nope, no, nope. Try and drop the, the game same, onto the, the other same company, game. Like, I mean, kind of been that hard. I mean, different, you know, different studios working on it. But uh, yeah, I yeah, think I th- they probably had their own thing down by I the time th- that was happening. I think the true. fact that uh, Shadow Mortar won like Game of the Year from like the Dice Awards and like everywhere else was like, yeah, you know, there's some I other mean, games. It's because technically that game is amazing. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's one of those things that I don't think we fully understand. But people who make games were just like, how the how the yeah, hell true. did you do that? Yeah, yeah. that w- that was a uh, I guess. Probably like the sleeper hit of 2014 in oh, terms completely. of like none I mean, of us the game really had knew. Issues, but yeah. Oh, for sure. That part of it was just incredible. And was I was I was definitely fatigued by the end of that game. But yeah. there was, I mean, there was 15 hours before yeah. that happened. Yeah, you know? and it was tough because that was, uh, you know, it had it had a lot of elements of Assassin's Creed games yeah. and a little bit of Watch Dogs and a little bit of Arkham, a little bit of uh, Far Cry. Yeah, a little bit of Far Cry. Whereas, like, if this. If Shadow of Mordor 2 is this year's Fallout 4, which I keep thinking something's going to be Fallout 4, as in it gets revealed at E3 and it's out in November. Yeah. And if it's this year's that, uh, this is not going to be a fall with a ton of third-person games with those systems because we're not going to get an Arkham game this fall, probably, I assume. Mm-hmm. And we're not getting an Assassin's Creed game for sure. Interesting. Yeah, I think and Watch Dogs so, will be one of those Fallout 4 things totally, this year, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Even um, though it's, it's all... It, like. I always forget when Ubisoft actually announces something because it's basically all but revealed by then. Yeah. You yeah. know? Like, they're like... You're right, everyone. We are taking the year off of Assassin's Creed, and we're like, well, we knew that. Like, Kotaku told ago. us that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Kotaku was like, like Rockstar a... making the the Fallout Four of the year. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, if Red Dead, Red Dead is that thing, and Take Two has said they're going to have a huge presence yep. at E3. Yep. So if they're Rockstar you know, hasn't yeah, been Dead. in an E3 huge in ever, Christmas but. presents Aww. for us to pre-order. Get yeah, a shirt. <laughs> uh, I'm totally not for another Shadow Mortar. Yeah, if only for. If only for all those characters in that game, because they're, they're great. Yeah. Uh, also, the weird thing that, like, you mentioned it's like an Assassin's Creed game, but I was thinking it's just like an Assassin's Creed game, but where you're the only person that knows how to climb walls. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody else would be like, <laughs> That is pretty much exactly what they sounded yeah. like. I just, so yeah. it was and weird. you use that cool invisible bow. But oh, yeah. Cool magic also, bow, that was like, so cool. <laughs> when you ran in that game, you roadie run? Yeah. And you would, like, like, bend over and you would, like... <laughs> That, that was, was really funny. Really good you game. can ride on those weird dogs. And you'd hit over, like jump over logs. And you'd go faster for some oh, reason. Oh, yeah. map, 
bees all over my head again. Well, you're, 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 you're like, enemy would show up and he'd be, he'd be like, caw, 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 caw. And you're like, oh no, it's Kaka the wrestler. Here he comes. He's like, oh, I love it. Like, and then you shoot a beehive down and he's like, oh, and he runs away. Oh, you're fine with bees. Well, I'll only want to be He's like, bees make me stronger. Stingy, buzzy, buzzy, buzzy. He hates the bees. It's really messed up. It's so funny. This is just actually what that game Yeah, like you would be in the middle. Every one of those was so good. I've never played a game that's just had those same entrances a thousand times every time I was entertained. Well, it was awesome because like when you were playing an Arkham game, you'd be beating up on nine thugs and you'd just be hitting them in the head and it would just sound like cars smashing into walls. What was the guy's name? Oh, Rat Bag. Yeah. They never, they never like, you'd just fight nine thugs and it would go away. But this one, you'd be in the middle of a fighting like 15 people and all of a sudden it'd be like, you! You put bees all over my garden! And then, and then like you'd, a, you'd throw water and he's like, oh, I hate water. And then like a cave troll would just show up and throw a rock at everybody. You're like, where did this come from? Man, how many beehives did you use? Constantly beehives. I used so many beehives. Yeah, that was, like, that was a good thing to do. That was a good thing. <laughs> just blowing up stinky gas. They get all upset about it. You beat a big fart bag in my face again. <laughs> I'm sorry, blew up the dogs. I'm allergic to me farts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could poison their grog and they're like, oh, oh sorry, yeah. poison the water. Oh, oh, Actually, oh, like, and then they start looking for you. I good. really love the stealth element of that, too. Like, great. They'd be like hanging out like, with 15 dirty boys hanging out in this like <laughs> big messed up abandoned church cavern with no roof and just bats and crap everywhere and but just going with the stealth missions if you screwed it up you could just run yeah you like, just be like well, I'll be back later like, yeah, yeah, just, like, like, what I love is if like you'd, you'd screw up on that <laughs> right, I'm done and like you're so loud. <laughs> like you could accidentally like make someone stronger by getting away yeah, yeah. which yep. was the worst because they'd be like see he got scared away see how tough I am and then everyone else would like him and he would like be like he'd level up and yeah he became their new king sweet armor and you'd be like, dog sticks, dog sticks. It looks like you got that boy over there. Well, I'll make you a new president. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's actually so, how America votes on its president. <laughs> so we can scare the most boys away. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to let us know how much it annoys you when Brian and I do that voice, uh, you can shoot your emails to beyond at IGN.com. That's and right. And we sometimes read them and get sad. Uh, on that note, a uh, fun thing that is possibly happening. I've been talking about this for a minute now. Uh, PlayStation VR, is it going to come to PC? Because if it does, that could be real smart. Yeah, it might work on PC. That might be the the cheapest way to use VR on PC, aside from... Are you okay? All right. She's just really... She's really... I think I'm getting pneumonia again. Oh, great. So that's fun. Why did you put an R at the end of that word, pneumonia? <laughs> pneumonia. Pneumonia. That's my accent. I'm sorry. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I have a disease that kills people, and you're like, you stood that Also, funny. you just made fun of accents for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> So this is running with Keep that going. theme. Okay, so uh, stop it. <laughs> she's laughing. I'm sorry. I'm not. Again. If she's laughing, it's okay. Anyway, so, PSVR on PSVR. Court. <laughs> if it's a thing that you can get and you plug it into your PC and it works with the stuff that already runs VR, like yes. Oculus and uh, Vive, that's that's cool because it'll be the cheapest one and maybe you use it on your PS4 and your PC. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. this isn't going to happen. Really? Because the uh, the head of uh, vice president of Sony Computer Entertainment said that because the PS4 is basically has the guts of a of a PC, mm-hmm. that it's not out of the question, mm-hmm. which is kind of a rare thing for a exec or VP or whatever to say. Usually, I mean, kind I know of, we've discussed it before how it would be the smartest thing that they could possibly do. It would be 
very smart for them to make that work. Look at right. look I at the like it uh, won't happen on launch. Look at how they did with I'm uh, probably not at launch, but I think eventually, especially after maybe yeah. stuff starts to sell. But like look at how the uh, DualShock Four controller have it came like they they jumped on that. Yeah, like they were like the 360 controller was kind of the standard for you know PC controller use yep. and. Microsoft dropped the ball hard when they were like, oh, we're working on drivers. It's like, wh- how? Like, mm-hmm. why, why didn't you just, mm-hmm. why wasn't that a thing? It did out of the box. And now, like, yeah, but still, I mean, the Oculus comes with the Xbox One controller. Sure. Like, so I think that's I still, mean, I think people are still leaning more towards the Xbox controller for PC support, like, as a standard thing. I know a lot of people started using uh, PlayStation controllers because it became just mm-hmm. as easy. But I think by then people were sort of ingrained it, with their routines. You're totally but, right. It's, People who wouldn't know would just automatically get the Xbox mm-hmm. without trying because that's what they're used to at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but this, yeah, this is this is cool. I have I've almost no interest in this. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing that the way it makes sense to me is it's less like I'm going to play the Oculus games using my PSVR and more of I'm going to be able to utilize the fact that a PC has a thousand times more apps than a yes. PS4 can, yes. and so I'm going to use my cool space mask in order to go to Google and try out their new VR stuff in yep. order to probably have better Facebook integration with mm-hmm. this, and so it's I your, feel like it's more for the, the non-gaming sort of lifestyle. It's, it's your ticket to a way more like open source yes. world than yeah. a console will ever mm-hmm. provide totally. you. Totally, yeah. yeah. And porno. Yeah. And yeah. porno. It's called, that's short for pornography. It's long for porn. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> long, for, <laughs> long for porn, short for pornography. <laughs> I will be examining somnography through my space mask very soon. Uh, okay, so did you guys order a PSVR? Yeah. I went up for uh, pre-order. Today. Uh, yeah. So PSVR, uh, what's, there's the core and the... There's the Snuggler's Bundle. Snuggler's Bundle. Yes. And the Grundle Box. comes with a, a, a blanket oh, and a, uh, some ointments. Yeah. Uh, so when was the... the, the so uh, there was a lot of talk when the PSVR got announced at $399. People were like, this is great. It's cheaper than all the other ones. This is awesome. And I was kind of sitting there being like, it is, but why? And then when you dug into it a little bit, it was like, oh, so the 399 version doesn't come with move controllers, doesn't come with a camera. But if you have those things already, cool. I don't know a lot of people that actually owned or kept move controllers, but a lot of a, a, a decent amount of people, or at least 15 percent uh, of PlayStation owners, them. you don't need them. You can. It's good to have them because <laughs> I think a lot of things are going to work better so with them. IGN box no, quote there. It's good to have them. Good, really? So. We yeah, talked I've about had a bunch of issues with them. Yeah, um, you went in the the Beyond Facebook group and yeah. you asked everybody like specifically. Yeah, so let me ask you guys first. Yeah, so I, mean, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm, I didn't I'm not going to buy a VR thing this year. I'm, okay. I'm not, no single game has been like. So I actually did for me. I did twice. I pre-ordered the the <laughs> 4.99 version from Best Buy. Yeah. Uh, which had even though I had a camera already, I was just I saw the the door open and I jumped on it and it was weird. I was I mean you guys talked about this in the show. Last week, I think. Uh, thank you for bringing this up, by the way. But, you know, I got some sad news recently about my mom getting cancer. And I rolled over in bed one morning, like, having barely slept, depressed, miserable, grabbed my phone. And somebody was like, hey, the helmets that lead you to a happy world are available right now. And with one eye opened and my thumb, I pretty much auto-clicked and bought a PSVR from Best Buy. Dude, I buy a lot of stuff when I'm sad. Isn't that weird? I just spend so much money on Yeah, I'm it's like a weird... Did you I was actually buy statues when you're sad? Well, I actually do, yeah. I'll <laughs> I'll just buy, like, a Deadpool statue and a Cable statue and a Wolverine statue. And it'll be, like, two grand worth of stuff. And I'm like, this is well, it's, it's, not really helped. You get yourself a treat sometimes. It's escapism in another way. I mean, VR absolutely is escapism. So I don't know if that played into it. <clears throat> I was thinking about that because I'm like... 
I'm a little worried if that's the reason I bought mm-hmm. one. Like if I bought it's if, scary. if yeah, if I bought this out of depression, which is something that I only sort of tangentially suffer from here and there that is not I mean there are people listening to the show that's, that suffer from it constantly um, that are probably excited for VR because it's just a thing that's different than the real world they're in right now but for me it just caught me at a time where I was like yeah yeah I'll go in there I think there's also that sort of it's not it's not real yet you know yeah. as a pre-order it's like there's there's a transaction going on there, sort of, but like there's a hold on your card, basically. exactly. And that's like it. it's not, you know, yeah. Like and then you, I and then I saw really buying it just yet. So it was it was smart how they did this because they know that the people that wanted this, and again, they didn't, they never announced on day one during GDC the 499 bundle version, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but that's the first version they put on sale for pre-order. Mm-hmm. So if you were desperate for VR, you jumped on that one uh, today. PSVR went up the core versions, which is the 399 version they actually announced. That's the one I ended up ordering mm-hmm. and canceled my other one because I figured I have the the camera and I'll buy the Move controllers for cheaper and ultimately I'll save a couple bucks. Yeah, to actually answer that question, like Marty and I are going to be heading a lot of VR content, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm just planning to use a review unit. But I think if I didn't work in the industry, I would have bought PSVR. Right. Mm-hmm. If I wouldn't right. have access to it otherwise, I would have bought it because I just I, I want it. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of interesting feedback from the, the Beyond group. Uh, Stephen Pettigrew said, I didn't order it because I'm afraid of it not getting supported like Move mm-hmm. and PS Camera and such. For the price of entry, it's too much of a risk. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think that's totally fair. Somebody went through the um, the sort of history of – well, first of all, the history of, of peripherals that come out sort of midstream in a console launch is historically not great. You look at stuff like the Kinect. You look at um, Wii Motion Plus. You look at PlayStation Move. Um a lot of things like PSP Go, which is an iteration of something that was... I mean, was, that's why they tried to make, make Connect 2.0 come with every single console. Yeah. But obviously that didn't go very well. Yeah, but they the wanted idea to be there on day like one. We want everyone to have to support it, basically. And do you remember, um, you were working in the industry during this time. They, they treated Connect, the original Connect, like a console launch. That's what That was their mm-hmm. quote. Microsoft was like, we are treating this like a console launch. But historically, Sony stuff, like, outside of their PlayStations, hasn't... Mm-hmm really knocked it out of the park. You look at View, you look at PlayStation TV, you look at the Move controllers, you look at just, you know, the weird pickle that came with the Move controller. A lot of stuff like that, like, it's just, it's kind of too little too late. And this is coming out, I, what I presume is to be halfway through the life I cycle. I mean, iToy did okay. iToy did okay. But it only had yeah. a very small handful of games. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, again... With those weird monkey rats. This yeah. is a different, really this is a different, yeah. different animal here. Like, this is a very strange yep. new device, and it's kind of hard to fully grasp like what it's I think it's a revolution what yeah. it's gonna be you know, played like um, so Adrian Jimenez says I ordered it I play lots of Smash Brothers but outside of that I feel like I'm just bored with games the idea of VR intrigues me it seems like I finally a new way to play games and I was thinking about that like what does this mean for sort of lapsed gamers you know we've talked about what it means for casual gamers but in terms of what it means for people who have they're kind of bored. They're kind of fatigued with just sitting with a controller in their hand, staring at their TV like they've been probably doing for 20 years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's this new thing. Maybe this will bring some people back into the fold, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Cameron Matthew Ford said, I didn't pre-order because I want to see what the Nintendo NX is first. That is a really, really good point. Sure. Yeah. If I'm going to spend a couple hundred bucks on a new thing yep. this fall... Which you want to see ass- all the things. Yeah, we assume NX some, whatever NX is, or half of whatever NX is, will probably be this fall, considering Nintendo has nothing else. We got rumors Zelda the other day that they're ceasing production on the Wii U, Wii U which they so, refuted. Yeah. Um, I... It's it, clearly looking at Nintendo's release lo- roster, there's just not much left in the tank on that one. Um, 
And I don't think that's an interesting perspective because gamers have a finite, humans have a finite amount of money to spend a year. And if you say, I have $500 to spend on something new for games this year, is it going to PSVR, which is maybe going to get a handful of games, or the NX, which is maybe going to get a handful of games? I mean, there there was a point in time where I'd say, yeah, the Nintendo thing will definitely have more consistent support. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I mean, I I feel like NX is going to have Zelda. Whatever it is, it's going to have the Zelda I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. If, that we wanted. If this fall, a, a Nintendo thing comes out with a Zelda thing and a Mario thing, I don't think PSVR is going to have a thing that's as good as a Zelda no. thing or a no. Mario thing. That is true. Uh, I, I think it's interesting because, I, I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to work at Nintendo, but I think when they probably Did your picked, uncle work at Nintendo? My uncle worked at Nintendo yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, that's the, every kid. It's cool. <laughs> uh, Who's the inspiration for Wario? Yeah. That's right. Wow. Um, but they, uh, I think, I feel like Nintendo looked at 20, the 2016 and they're like, this is going to be wide open. Nobody's buying anything. And, you know, we got plenty of people we can convince. Mm-hmm. To, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, there's like six different $600 VR kits on yeah. the market and they're all eating into your reserves. Yeah. And you guys don't have an answer to that. You are, this is like when, when uh, I be, believe it was Awada, he said like 10 years ago, he's like, gamers don't want to go online. Yeah. And gamers were like, yeah, we do. And they missed that boat by like five whole years. And by the time they caught up, it was too late. And they didn't know what they were doing with it. I feel like VR, if it takes off, they're going to completely miss that conversation by a few years. Because it's antithetical to their philosophy. Unless NX is VR, which I totally doubt. I thought NX is a cool pickle controller. It might be. That's just a full screen with no buttons. That was a 3D render somebody made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Uh, Joshua M. Holt says, I played it at PSX. To me, it's akin to the shift from 2D to 3D gaming, an entirely new way to play. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I totally agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that was sort of lacking at the launch of the PS3 and the PS4 was that feeling of like, I remember Something the first time. Weird. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. like the first time you, you played like a 16-bit game or the first time you, you played yeah. Mario 64 or anything else where you could move yeah. the camera around? I mean, that's my problem is... I could see it being as big of a shift as 2D to 3D, but I have not seen It's Mario 64 yet. Right. Which literally right. we probably haven't seen a game like Mario 64 since that. No. GTA 3, arguably. But um, That's really interesting to think about. Like I remember, yeah. I remember the first time I went to I went to a, like a cyber cafe in, uh, in like Cambridge, and I was like in fourth or fifth grade. And the N64 was about to come out stateside, and I think the PlayStation was already out, but nobody had it. It was like right before that Christmas when everyone got these things for the first time, or yep. you know whatever it was. And like I remember, I just waited in line to play Mario 64 and Pilot Wings, and I was like, "That's pretty cool. That's pretty fun." And then I was like, "Hey, I got Ballerina Toshinden over here. I could play that too." And I was like, "There was this weird like, oh, this is something that already Did you say Ballerina, ba- Ballerina Toshinden. <laughs> it's a dance game. And it's very good. You knock people out of the ring. Yep. get them disqualified." Um, <laughs> But no, like, uh, yeah, it was just, like, at the time, I was like, N64 had more of, like, this magic factor to it because it was Nintendo and, like, PlayStation was this thing that, like, I was like, Sony? That's, like, what my mom's boombox is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, why does my mom have a boombox? I don't know. I think you guys. mom is Radio Rahim. Does she like cool ballerinas also? (laughs) I think you guys are right in that VR right now feels like if Mario 64 was only the castle courtyard. Yeah, you know, it's You're like totally right. Yeah, it's like wow, I, like, I can, I, like I can, that place. yeah, yeah I can do this. Fun. This is great. Can I go in the castle? Well, no, not yet. Yeah. Um, can I jump in the paintings and go play a fifteen-hour robust action platforming game? No. Yeah, yeah, but you can check out the courtyard. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's exactly what it's yeah. like. And I wonder how long we'll have to wait until we have Al. Yep. 
Castle. Yeah. Max, you want to grab this next uh, one? Chris Koshan said, I pre-ordered PSVR because I feel like it's going to be the type of thing I can introduce to anyone who comes to my house, whether it be my nephew or my grandma. It's the type of technology that will impress people and add a sense of wonder to their lives they didn't know existed. <laughs> plus, Star Wars. Me plus VR X-Wing equals happy. Yeah. I really agree with this, too. Like, periodically, there are... my grandma to play VR yeah. so yeah. bad. Like, I think the fact that... It, I think there's that theme park appeal where it's like, it is sort of a scary, unfamiliar thing to put something on your face, but at the same time, it is like... It is so recognizably science fictiony, yeah. yeah. And the fact that the controls are going to be—they have to be dumbed down because you don't—you can't see your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're going to like press square, they're like, ah, which one? Like, I don't. If I don't, if you're not familiar with a you know a mm-hmm. controller, that's going to be like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. have to be like, here's your button to jump. That's I also, it. I also feel like PSVR or VR in general is going to be more than just things you control with your hands. Like, I think the grandma demo is basically like. Hey, here's a tour of like like if you look at the, What's like it, the, the deep, yeah, that is where, the one that I where you're just looking around, yeah. right? And you're just you can it's just like I'm like you're sitting there, you're looking forward, and you're like this is great, and you're like well look left, and your grandmother looks left, and she's like oh my god, I'm in a shark tank or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm I'm in show your grandma yeah, the thing with a shark attack. My grandma is a 91 year old Italian woman. I'm terrified of putting a VR helmet <laughs> on her head. That might be one of the last things she ever sees. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's weird to think about that. There's always like the select things that I want to show my mom, and it's mm-hmm. like a sunset in The Witcher. Yeah, or like, hey, check out what they they made an ATAT in Battlefront. Yeah, you know, and it's like it, the stuff that doesn't immediately like be like video games. I'm like stuff that's more like this is some other new medium. Like this what? is something that transcends the idea of pushing buttons and making the guy run and jump. I remember showing my mom um, the what was it Assassin's Creed two in Italy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you, you're from Italy. Yeah. Speaking of Italy, uh, and I was like, look at this. Like, this is the Colosseum. Like, this is this is the you know, this is this is Italy. Like, this is Florence. Look what they did. And yeah. she's like, this is gorgeous. And then I bumped into somebody on the street, and five people started stabbing me. And she was like, why is there blood everywhere? And I'm like, oh, because the point of this game is to murder people. And she was like, oh, this sucks, and walked yeah. away. Or whatever her version yeah. of this. Sucks I don't like was. that. Yeah, and my so mom really nasty. liked Assassin's Creed too, like yeah. because she'd been there. So walking around all of the Italian places, she was like, "Whoa, I went there once." Yep. And yep. Both my mom and my stepdad will like that when I was playing uh, Unity. They're like, "Oh, huh. right, right." I've Let's, seen and that they building. were like I've talking to Dime. each other, trying yeah. to figure out what year the game was set in based yep. on the landmarks that were still yeah. there and what That's they really looked cool. like and stuff. Aww. My mom really liked Fable. Yeah, hmm. she had she been to Albion until dawn. Yeah, she's been to Albion and as well. She's yeah. been chased by scary men with masks. Yes. Uh, one last thing I want to add is he says he wants to try it with his nephew. If your nephew is uh, younger than twelve, he shouldn't. He's not allowed. Not it allowed. Matter. You can give your twelve-year-old nephew a cigarette. Oh yeah, says the guy <laughs> with enamel carved out of his glasses who can't see anything. I can your see. eyes are shot. You don't care about the children. Go far, I can see just fine. Who <laughs> <laughs> <I> said that? <laughs> Uh, okay, so Christopher Robert Freeman says, I did not get one because here in Canada, it's close to $800 with tax. Suck that's it, a lot of money. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, that I was sucks. looking at Australia numbers. It's the same. It's the same deal. Yeah. I don't, I don't, how does that work? Is it, is it just expensive to send stuff there? Is everything more expensive there? Is pizza $30 a slice in Australia? Yeah. It is? No. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We actually had a... We, we needed... Vodka's like $100, though. What? Yeah. Well, video games are. 110 Never hundred and ten vodka then. Yeah, I think it's getting a little bit cheaper. But do you like is minimum wage a hundred dollars an hour? Minimum wage is like seventeen dollars an hour. Okay, so, so it scales. Yes, people earn more money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Danny Shaw says I did pre-order PSVR because I craved the experience I had when I was a kid. I used to make a blanket fort that covered the family TV and have this capsule mm. of solitude. Story. Just me and my game system. As a grown-ass man, I can't recreate that feeling. Yes, my imagination you can. Can't seem to break me free of the reality around me when Go I was a kid. Pillow fort. 
I get this excitement inside my chest when I think that I'll be immersed into a digital playground that VR has to offer. It's like 1995 meets 2016 for me. It's really cool. Yeah, I, kinda, I really love that I story. That. Um, you can totally put a TV uh, blanket over your TV right Actually, now. Actually, it's really bad. It's really bad because it'll overheat your consoles. It's Is that so, true? It's unsafe. You, you mm-hmm. could just do. Max and I talked about how we play Vita in bed. And yeah, we'll get a Vita a and get big blankets, big old headphones, and get under the covers. Or mm-hmm. you just build a fort. Do a cool toot. Yeah. Don't do a good. Don't do a toot. Don't hot box your. Do a hot dunk. No, don't do a hot dunk in your bed. Don't hotbox your Vita. Podcast Beyond 2016. (laughs) Carter McDaniel says, I didn't pre-order one because this time next year there's going to be a PSVR 2 announced. Um, How do we feel about that? I don't don't think so. Is this this like an iPhone thing? I don't think it'll be next year, but I think wireless is going to get announced. Did any of us think a PS4K is going to be this year? I had no idea. A year ago. A year ago. I don't know. Uh, doing I was, things. Uh, there's that shot of everything that comes in the box for PSVR, and I think a lot of people think <clears> VR <throat> is basically you sitting on the couch, couch with this wireless headset, and it's minimalistic future. It's really not. Like there's wires running everywhere. There's a wire running from the via the VR headset into this giant box that's basically powering it, and those are wiring into your console, which I think will use both USB plugs in the front of your system. Um, it's gonna get it's gonna get snaky in your apartment. Yeah. You have to put a wire in your pee hole. For haptic feedback. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That. You yeah. don't have to. Oh, but I if did. You do, <laughs> but if it you helps do. with the immersion. Oh, it's still there. Again, you really need new glasses. Uh, Evangeline Gale says, I've got kids, and short of someone else watching them, I just can't block them out. Not to mention, there really isn't a game yet that makes me feel like I need one. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. No killer app, and you've got a family to take care of, yeah. or a dog, or a friend, or a wife. Actual Whatever human they, people. Yeah. Or you're, you married your dog. Yeah. Which is people illegal. Call your wife also your a dog, which is mean. Yeah, that's not very nice. Yeah, so that's what everybody's that's everybody's thoughts on VR. You know, we got hundreds more. uh, Head on over to the Podcast Beyond Facebook group. You can find that just by going to Facebook and typing in Podcast Beyond. I hope I I should know the URL. I have it bookmarked. Uh, So that's pretty much it. We actually got one question to our email that uh, I wanted to throw at you, Alana. This is from Alex Irish. He says, I was just curious if she's present this week. She is. What did Alana Pierce do before she got to IGN? Would love to find out as making it from Australia to San Fran to be a toys editor always interests me. Every time it happens. Yeah. That one time. That might be the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, I think it's literally the first time, which is pretty cool because that's the... uh, You and and I are both people that came from very far to do something at this job that wasn't already being done at the same time. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I have written about games for four years. I worked on radio for four years, and I worked on TV for, I think, two and a half. So. Mm-hmm. You're selling yourself really short. You hustled and freelanced Yes, I did. It worked very hard. It was very, very difficult. Uh, I worked for free for a really long time, and then yep. as a volunteer for the same thing. And I was a <laughs> freelancer for a long time, and then it took about two and a half years before I started getting paid significantly and then I got a full-time job I was doing that for a year and a half before I got here so it was yeah. a lot of a lot of work I think a big part of it is that on the internet your location is almost secondary it's sort of like finding out your degree like it's like I have an art school degree but you wouldn't know that when listening to me podcast. yeah I should mention I also you studied know. journalism yeah. For years. yeah but like when I when I found out about your work I think one of the last things I found out was that you were living in Australia mm. I just assumed you were here or in the UK or some I don't know a lot of 
about Australia, as evidenced by every every time I've talked about it on the show. <laughs> really, every time you just open your mouth in general. About anything. Just, yeah. History, people, names, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any How dieting. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's really cool that, like, you know, the, the Australia part was actually the hardest part about you getting here, right? Because you had to go through... The visa process was super difficult. It took, yeah. like, seven months or something. Visa's so a like, second most popular really handheld. It's a <laughs> PlayStation <laughs> Visa. Don't hotbox your visa. Don't hotbox your visa. Yeah, was, don't toot uh, on it. It, it was tough, but I would say just uh, for anyone in Australia, it's not limiting because I didn't live in the city where the games industry was. So basically what I was doing was I worked retail to afford to go to events. Mm-hmm. And then when I started going to events in Sydney, uh, it was how I started networking with people who would like... I would then write for their magazine or write for their website, and it just kept going like that. I was very poor for a very long time to be yeah. able to afford to do that. But that's, a, that's a big part of it. No one yeah. really tells you that part. Yeah. It's yeah. not glamorous. Well, a lot of but to also, city. like moving from some place to another place to work on the internet is very much missing the point. Do as much as you can while staying someplace cheaper than San Francisco, which is literally anywhere else in America. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. People, people always do that thing where they're like, how do I become a writer? It's like, just start doing it. Start know? writing, yeah. Start writing. Yeah, the dirty yeah. secret about the games industry is that it doesn't pay a ton at the start. Um, or ever. And, or ever, really, for some. And it's like, in, it's mostly takes place in some of the most expensive places in the country mm-hmm. or in the world, really. So um, yeah, you're going to get roommates. The- you're going to live, you're going to commute for an hour or whatever it is, you know, like... You're going to do whatever you can to make it work because you love what you do. And yeah. oh, the doors will keep opening as long as you keep doing awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When people ask the question of, like, how do, you, how do I write about video games, my answer is always, like, I don't think anyone who, who's written about video games has ever asked that question because they're just writing about video games. Just start. Like, yeah. I was telling Marty the other day that I started writing about games when I was about 14 on a crappy Tumblr that I had and that's where I started reviewing games and they're all terrible but I like kind of built an audience on there magically just by constantly writing all the time even when I was still in school so it's just I kept doing it so just stop asking people just write all the time I I commented on a comment the other day because somebody was like this article sucks and I was like write a different one yeah yeah like, write the one you like. Like, this is an opinion piece. It's an op-ed. If you mm-hmm. don't like this op-ed, write yours because you have one in you. Maybe you can't write it. But I said to him, like, write it and send it to me, and I will read it. And I'm not going to do that with everybody. Please, please. <laughs> not, all all you. Do not all of you. Not all of you. If you want to get Brian's attention, no, all you have to it. do is tell him. Too, too, too much. You just but I think, him. You know, it's just like I, I, like I do that a couple times a week where I'm just, I'll see something like that, and I'm like, I will open my door for this for you and I will give you time in the morning I'll sit there with my coffee and I'll read what you wrote and I will not sit on it I will give you notes hopefully and like you'll get better was that the first curse that of the episode? That was the first yeah. curse. Damn it. On that note, though, I've had people like send me their reviews for me to read over. Yeah. And they will copy-paste things from my exact same review of that same game. What? They will copy-paste parts of my review and put it into their own review. And I'm like, so what we did here is plagiarism. Uh... Maybe don't do that. Don't do that. I remember what I wrote. Kanye West kind of did that with Daft Punk. He's like, hey, I rapped over your song. And they're like, all right, well, (laughs) we're all getting money today. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so on that note, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, If you would like new, exciting ways to tune in, obviously for audio listeners, we're on iTunes, we're on Libsyn, we're on all these various feeds and stuff. Uh, There is a video version of this every week. Uh, Sometimes it's later than the audio. I'm sorry. Uh, You can find it on iOS, on PS4, on Xbox, uh, but you know it's uh, there's a bunch of IGN apps. So if you would like a new and exciting way to check that out, check it out. It's yeah. all free. The PS4 app actually works super duper well. Yeah, and that's I'm, like the that's always the way I recommend to like my buddies back home who want to watch like E3 conferences and stuff yep. like that and like our live streams and be like just watch them on there. Yeah, you can watch yes, up at noon works. on there, which Brian and I do every Thursday. That was right. a very good plug. at noon. 
at noon? Yes. At noon, it's live on noon Pacific well, time, and then the episode yeah. gets archived the next day at noon Pacific time mm-hmm. on Friday. Wow, that's and then we write. like several noons. We write yes. scandalous headlines of that make people outraged mm-hmm. before they even watch the video. Dogs. Y'all talking about Ghostbusters? What are they? <laughs> we don't Ghostbusters is a yeah. stupid ghost star. Buddy, what kind of dog is Peppers? Peppers is small fluffy black. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. a baby house wolf. <laughs> I call him a little cinnamon bun baby boy. Is what uh, I call ooh, him. Ooh, I've never had a black cinnamon bun. I want to do one of those. Like, if he ever runs away, I don't want him to do that. But if he ever does, I'm going to be like, he answers to the following, and he's it's just going to be like, on a, me, like twice. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that one time. Chase him down, down the street, street and he just doesn't come back. You're young and irresponsible, and you have to carry around a small satchel of bacon grease with you at all times in case the dog escapes. Oh. Yes, and you must make a trail of it so he'll he'll sniff along the sidewalk and lick it up. Uh, Dogs yeah, react to Australia. <laughs> yes. Uh, on that note, thank you all for listening. I love you beyond. Yes. Beyond. 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 I'm not going to look at the camera. Okay, me neither. Yeah. Let's not even pretend it's there. Don't. Don't. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.